the Detroit Pistons acquired a few players this offseason, Monty Morris and Joe Harris, along with like drafting Asar Thompson. Um, didn't make any big acquisitions this offseason. So how much better will they be this season? Well, ESPN seems to think they'll still be the worst team in the NBA. We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you have not already, head to the YouTube channel, at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I believe we're about like six or seven subscribers away from 6,000. Please hit that subscribe button to help us get there to that 6K. We're also on the road to 10,000 subscribers before the end of this upcoming season. I need your guys' help. If you're listening, haven't hit that subscribe button already, please do that. Or you can leave us a five-star review on, another, or on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another way to support the podcast. Later on, we'll talk about is there pressure on Kay Cunningham this upcoming season and how much pressure is it and former Detroit Piston, top eight overall pick, Stanley Johnson, spoke about his time with the Pistons. Was he a bust for the Pistons? We'll talk about that later as well. Um, but the first thing we got to talk about is, are the Pistons the worst team in the NBA? So, it's interesting. And obviously, we're going to talk about it throughout the segment. But it's like... People, I feel like people within the Pistons community feel like the team got much better. They got Monty Morris, Asar Thompson... Joe Harris, and just another year of having Cade back and, and, and the, the improvement of some young guys, that kind of thing. A lot of the Pistons community believe this is the year, look, Pistons fan base, going to the play-in. We're going to be fighting for the play-in. We're going to be in that play-in spot. Has to be. All that stuff. ESPN completely disagrees with that kind of idea. They have the Pistons as the worst team in the entire NBA. I'll read you guys a little blurb they have. Quote, even after hiring Monty Williams as as coach at the start of the season, the Pistons are still practicing patience with development of their young core. Detroit added a few veterans, sharpshooter Joe Harris and guard Monty Morris to help complement a young team instead of any flashy moves to accelerate their rebuild. And it's interesting for me to hear that because if – I feel like a lot of people within the Pistons community have said they somewhat have accelerated or not accelerated their rebuild, but are not so much just relying on their young core because they're keeping Alec Burks. They're keeping Boyan Bogdanovich. They added Monty Morris. They added Joe Harris, which those are four guys in what you think would be like a nine to 10 man rotation that will be replacing young guys from this past season. Now, I don't know if Joe Harris actually plays, but if ESPN, let's just assume ESPN's right, they got Joe Harris, he's going to complement the team and the rotation. That's four guys that are replacing young guys to play. or Not four guys are replacing, two guys are staying that are role players or veterans from last year, along with two extra guys coming in replacing young guys. So they're going to have still some veteran leadership and, and more veterans on the team. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with the idea that they didn't go out and try to get win-now players. They definitely did. They went out and got Monty Morris. They went out and got Joe Harris. I, I think that is trying to 
win more games right now. Um, that's first. So if the Pistons ended up being the worst team in the NBA, that would be a catastrophic failure because they did make those moves to help win more games now. They did decide to keep Boyan Bogdanovich for this season. So far, it looks like because they want to win more games right now. They did keep Alec Burks as of right now because they want to win more games this season. Like if they were just focusing only on the young core, continuing to acquire assets, continuing to want to give minutes to young guys to let them fight through mistakes and develop, etc., they wouldn't have done those things, but they did. So they want to win more games right now. If that ended up with them being the worst team in the NBA, it, it, some stuff would have to go down. Like it would be some some pretty bad things going on in the city. Um, that's the first thing. Secondly, for those outside looking in at Detroit, they probably feel the same way as as what this blurb said that they didn't really add too much and they're relying on a lot of their young guys, which they are. They are absolutely are. But if you look at the team last year that won 17 games and you're outside of Detroit and you see they didn't really make any big acquisitions, they added another rookie who's going to be a part of the rotation a lot in Nassar Thompson. You're probably looking at them like, okay, well, they didn't really change much. They're still young. They added another young guy that's going to be a part of the rotation. They didn't add some crazy guys. Why, why are we supposed to believe that they're going to be so much better than they were last year? I'm assuming that's exactly why ESPN has them as the worst team in the league. So, they are going to be relying a lot on young guys developing. A lot. Um, Not only on young guys developing. I mean, that that is the biggest thing. But they need to actually run functional lineups that set up their young guys to succeed. Um, And we're going to talk about this later. As as I said earlier, how much pressure there is on Kay Cunningham. Um, We'll talk about that in a minute. But if you're running lineups out there with no spacing, with no switchability on defense, no versatility on defense, I should say, and the lineups just don't make sense like they did a lot of the times last season, I, I, it doesn't matter who you got back there. It doesn't matter how much pressure you got on your franchise player. It doesn't matter how much development you've seen from your franchise player. If you're not putting lineups out there that make sense, team's not going to win many games. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Monty, Monty Williams, that is, not Monty Morris, Monty Williams decides what lineups are out there, what, what the rotation looks like. Because, yes, they did add some shooting, but I've said on the podcast before, I question how they're going to be able to run all that shooting together that complements Cade while also not being piss poor defensively. So it's like I'm really interested to see how he goes about this, Monty, that is. But this team, I, I look, I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the NBA this season. I, I don't think that. But I completely understand why anyone outside of Detroit national media would look at them and be like, they didn't really add much. They didn't really do much. They won 17 games this past season. How are they going to be much better? I completely understand that line of thinking. Um, and I believe on ESPN, like on, on the broadcast, I forget what show it was, but Mark Spears, I believe it was, said that he believes that of anyone on that power ranking, he feels like the Pistons may surprise some people because he doesn't believe they'll be the worst team in the league. And I don't think they will be either. I, I think if they were the worst team in the league, something either went terribly wrong or some things have to majorly change, like badly. Something has to change. Um, but they are require they they are relying a lot on young develop a uh, young core development. They're gonna need Cade to take that next step. Jane Ivy has to get better. Isaiah Stewart's gonna have to be a good three point shooter. Jalen Duran's gonna have to get better. Isaiah Livers is gonna have to get better. Uh, Marvin Bagley or James Wiseman is gonna have to get better, and and they're gonna have to hope that happens. And if it doesn't, then, yeah, it could get, become an ugly season. 
but that that's what they're relying on. And I hope that Monty Williams sets up lineups that make sense. I, I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again, if they don't set up lineups that puts Cade Cunningham in the best position possible to succeed, it, I don't care what kind of development he made. If he's out there with guys who can't shoot and every time he drives to the basket and everyone's helping, and then the defensive end of the floor, no one can stay in front of their guy, I don't care what Cade added to his game. It's not going to matter. So, it's going to be an interesting season. I don't believe they'll be the worst team in the league this year, but we'll see where they end up. Looking at the at the power rankings, it's like, it's like I don't believe they'll be the worst team in the league, but then it's also, you look at these teams like, okay, who are they going to be better than? Like Washington, Portland, I think they'll be better than. Charlotte with LaMelo coming back and Miles Bridges coming back, they were a playoff team with those two guys a few years ago before LaMelo went down and Miles Bridges had his whole thing. So I don't know if they'll be better than the, the Hornets. San Antonio, I, I, they just added Victor, and if he's actually that generational prospect everyone's saying that's going to impact instantly, like maybe, they, maybe they're better. I think I bet my money that the Pistons will be better, but I, we'll see. Um Toronto, if they're not getting rid of Pascal and they're not getting rid of OG Ananobi, I have to believe that they're still going to be like that middling team that isn't going to beat much, maybe not even make the play-in, but will be better than the Pistons. And I'm just looking at Easter Conference teams. Orlando, Orlando, I think, is a year ahead in their rebuild. Chicago didn't blow it up, and they still are trying to win, so I don't think they're going to be better than Chicago. It's like it, it, once you start going through these teams and what they did the offseason compared to what the Pistons did, it's hard to find like 10 teams that the Pistons would be better than. I could find maybe like four, four to five. But like, it's it's like, and, and none of this is guaranteed. That's just me basing it off of what they did in the offseason. Now, if Cade shows up next year and he's taking like this SGA type jump, okay, yeah, they're going to shoot up the standings. If if Jaden Ivey makes like this crazy jump along with Cade, if Jalen Duran makes a jump with all of them as well, like if they all make jumps, then yeah, you I could see some major things happening this year when it comes to like making the play-in. But like I told you guys last offseason, I believe I was correct last offseason, and it's I think this is true throughout the NBA. Rarely do you see jumps from every young player on your young core. Everything does not go right. Rarely do you see that everything go right. Like last offseason, it was, oh, Sadiq's going to make this jump, Stu's going to make this jump, Killian's going to make this jump, and we're going to be in the play-in. And you didn't get the jump from all those guys. You saw flashes from maybe all of them. None of them, I would say, made jumps. You saw flashes from Stu. Sadiq ended up getting traded, and Killian's not in the rotation now. So it's like every offseason, fans believe you're going to see jumps from every single player. But it's just not realistic. It doesn't happen often at all where you see jumps from every part of your young core. So I think maybe you can bet on realistically, a few jumps happening, but not everyone making this crazy jump. Also, last thing I'll point out with the team, they're adding a a rookie to the rotation, and rarely do rookies actually impact winning basketball in the NBA. It just doesn't happen often, especially when you're giving minutes to a 20-year-old rookie. So it's like, I don't think they'll be the worst team in the league. I I think that's a little little out of pocket, but I don't know how many teams I can guarantee right now the Pistons actually will be better than. Because a few teams that maybe a lot of people thought would blow it up didn't actually blow it up. So let me know in the comment section down below, where do you guys think the Pistons will finish after the offseason they've had so far? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. When we come back, how much pressure is on Kay Cunningham this season? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. 
Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet an MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And it's not just MLB there. You got the NBA when it comes rolling around. NFL's almost here. The NFL will be on there. FanDuel, I used it last year. I can tell you right now, super secure, super safe, really fun. And again, best thing about it is that you get paid instantly when you hit on a bet. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up and get $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. If you're listening to this on the podcast platforms, you're watching this on YouTube, and you haven't hit that subscribe button on the YouTube channel, Go hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. You don't have to watch it on YouTube if you're a podcast listener, but if you want to support the pod, hit that subscribe button. We're on our way to 10,000 subscribers by the, end of the, by the end of this upcoming season, so I'd really appreciate it if you guys hit that subscribe button. Um, but let's talk about the Pistons franchise player. How much pressure is on Cade this upcoming season? I, I'd say... A lot. There's a lot of pressure on Cade this upcoming season. And before we talk about that pressure, I do want to say, a few weeks ago, I believe it was like two and a half weeks ago now, I had Cade's brother on the podcast. He came to the house. It was a great episode. You guys all loved it. I loved it. It was my favorite episode I've recorded. Um, if you haven't checked out that episode, go check it out. It was ap- it was by far, I feel like, the best episode we've had. It was super dope. Um, and Cade's brother, Cannon... He, he was great. He gave us a lot of insight, was very revealing, very dope, very, very chill. We had a cool environment here. We were just chilling. Um, so go watch the episode if you haven't already. But on that episode, he actually spoke about this pressure. I was actually trying to make a point where I was saying, um, you know, Cade's coming off injury. Um, this is basically going to be his second season. I feel like maybe some of the expectations put on him could be too much, maybe a little bit too much pressure because of all those situ- of those uh, circumstances. And before I could even finish my sentence, Cannon cut me off and was like, "What? Actually, I-, I disagree with that. Cade wanted to go first overall pick. We talked about it before the draft. I said, do you really even want to go first? We got Houston going second. They're from Texas. We don't have to go to Detroit. There's rumors that Troy Weaver likes Jalen Green more than you. We can finagle this way to where you don't go first. We can go to Houston. You don't have to have that pressure that comes with first. You can stay home. And Cade told him, no, I want to go first. I want to go to Detroit. I want to be the best player in my class. I want the pressure of being the best player in my class. I want the pressure of being the franchise player of the Detroit Pistons. I want all of that. And he talked about how Cade, how Cade's moved since that draft. He's moved like a guy who knows that pressure is on him, and he wants the pressure. He loves having that pressure. And he's very mature for his age. He talked about all of that. I don't want, you know, it was like a three-minute conversation we had where he was just talking about that. So go listen to it on the episode. But I wanted to mention all that before we talk about the pressure on Kay. Because, yes, I do believe there's a lot of pressure on Kay Cunningham this upcoming season. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think Cade is going to shy away 
from the pressure and, and not meet those expectations because of what I just told you guys that Cannon said. And, and because we've seen Cade for two years and how he's acted and things he said and the way he's moved, the way he's trained, the things he's done, he moves like a franchise player. He talks like a franchise player. We've seen him play at the back, the second half of his rookie season when they finally got a lap there and they finally played him with some spacing combined. He looked like the number one overall pick. He looked like a franchise player. He looked like a future superstar during that time. We've seen him look like the Piston Savior, for lack of better words. He's looked like the Piston Savior before. He missed all his second season. The roster hasn't been good at all around him. But going to his third season, coming off of injury, guys are sleeping on him. Dare I say, some people are forgetting about him outside of Detroit. People are saying in a redraft, I've seen it, he doesn't go top three. Which is absolutely psychotic to me. I like I I don't know how that's the case. The only person I could see going above him is Evan Mobley, but I honestly feel like Evan Mobley gets somewhat overhyped. Like if he was on the Pistons, not playing next to Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Jared Allen, like I I, I wonder how great everyone think he would be. Um, if Cade had two All Stars, three All Stars sitting next to him. I wonder how great Cade would be, but that's a whole topic for a different day. I don't see how Cade goes goes any lower than two in a redraft if you want to go Evan Mobley. But my point is, people outside of Detroit are forgetting about him. They're underrating him. And the Pistons have some pressure, along with the people outside of Detroit forgetting about Cade, there's some pressure from the fan base on the team to perform this year. We just talked about in the first segment, ESPN thinks they're going to be the worst team in the league. And the only thing that can stop them from being at the bottom of the league again, I think is a big jump from Cade. You can see some improvements from Jane Ivey. You can see some improvements from Jalen Duran. Um, a little bit of improvements from Isaiah Stewart and Isaiah Livers and uh, whatever. But this team, I believe, rides on the back of Cade Cunningham. If they're going to make this big jump like fans want them to make, where they're competing for a playing spot, Cade's making that jump. If they're not going to be at the bottom of the league, if they're not going to be picking top five, or actually, hopefully, they are picking top five because... I don't think they're going to make the play-in, and hopefully wherever they finish in the lottery, 10th, 11th, 9th, 8th, they end up in the top five because the lottery does us right. But let's say they don't finish top five in the lottery. In order for that to happen, I think Cade has to make that jump this season. Now, again, I was going to say this to Can. Do I believe that's fair right now? Probably not. I don't think it's very fair. Cade's only 21. He's coming off of a surgery on on his leg. This is He's finally healthy. He's trying to get back into shape. And expecting him to be coming right out the gate, ready, full-blown, 100% healthy, making that big jump, I think it's a little bit unrealistic because this is really his second season coming into the league. And the big comparison that he gets, and again, this is not, again, Cade doesn't feel this way. Cade wants the pressure. Cannon said he wants the pressure. Like, they've said that, but this is from my perspective. I think it's a little bit unfair what people are expecting from Cade already this season. Um, The big comparison that people talk about is, Oh, well, he has to make that shy jump. He has to be like SGA. They have comparisons. He he has to make that SGA type of jump. And people don't realize that SGA didn't make that jump until he was 24 years old. You didn't see SGA become this superstar until he was 24. You didn't see him with that type of potential until he was 23. Kate's 21 in his second season. SGA was in his fifth year at 24. I feel like the expectations being put on Cade, maybe because of his surgery and because of how young he is still, is a little bit too much. However, they're there. Whether Kuka Hill hosts the Lockdown Pistons podcast, agrees with it or not, or thinks it, 
it is there. The pressure is there. The expectations are there this upcoming season. And for the Pistons to overachieve to what people think they can do, they need Cade. They need Cade to make this big jump. And we'll see if he does it. We'll see if he does it. I'm a big believer in Cade. You guys have heard me many times on this podcast before say that I believe he can be a future MVP. I think he can be a firepower of an offensive system just by himself. Just give him spacing and let him work. I think he could lead the Pistons to one of the top offenses in the NBA in his prime simply by giving him a useful lineup. Like, that's how high I am on Kay Cunningham. I, I really do believe in his future. And Ashton, I'm sure you're listening to this. I, I know you listen to the podcast. If this gets back to you, Cannon, heck, Cade, if this gets back to you, I know your boys watch the podcast. I know they listen to the pod. If it gets back to you, look, I believe in your ceiling. I believe in your future. I, I think you're going to be a future. You have the potential to be a future MVP. I'm not sure how great you're going to be this upcoming season. I don't want to put too crazy expectations myself. I don't know if it's fair. You can accept it. I'm, I'm, I'd love to see what you do this year. I hope that you're great. I hope you make this big jump. We'll see what happens. And if you do, Pistons fans are going to love you. Pistons fans are going to want a statue for you outside of Little Caesars Arena before you even have won a championship, before you've even won playoff games. If you make this crazy jump and lead this team to the play-in this season, you're going to be like, they're going to worship you. So with pressure comes great reward. So we'll see what happens this season. Cade, I believe in you, man. We'll see what happens, dog. So what do you guys think? Is coming for Cade this season. How much pressure do you believe is on Cade? Oh, also, I should say this. People talk about who has the most pressure. I have saw that topic pop up in the community over the last few days. I think it's by far Cade, by the way. Like, yeah, there's pressure on Weaver for this roster to work, whatever, but I think Cade has the most pressure. He's a franchise guy. He got to show that he's the franchise guy. By far most pressure on Cade. But let me know if you guys agree with that in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, former Detroit Pistons, former lottery pick from the Pistons, questions whether you can call him a bust. We'll talk about who that is and why he, what he's saying when we come back. But first, you guys got to hear from some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review. And whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. For those of you guys watching on YouTube, you guys are probably wondering, Koo, where'd the headphones come from? Well, I got the headphones on because we're about to play a clip. I'm going to play a clip for all of you listening to the podcast from Stanley Johnson, former Detroit Piston, former eighth overall pick by the Detroit Piston. Um, he's probably known now by Pistons fans as the guy they picked over Devin Booker. Um, I, Stanley's not currently on a roster right now. He last played for the Spurs this past season. Um, there's a lot of free agents that just haven't signed, like Kelly Oubre hasn't signed. Hamadou Diallo hasn't signed. I, I, like, I'm assuming people are waiting for this big trade to happen before you start seeing more of these low-key free agents sign. Um, but I don't know. There's, there's a lot of guys without jobs this offseason. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. But anyways, Stanley Johnson has a podcast now. I didn't know that. Um, he has a podcast now, and on a recent episode, it was circulating throughout NBA Twitter, with, throughout the NBA community. He was asked by his co-host, I, I assume that is, um, do you consider yourself a bust? What do you have to say to people that say you didn't live up to expectations, basically? And I, I like the answer Stanley gave. Um, so I'm going to play it here. I have headphones on because I want to hear the video as it plays for you guys, too. So let's go ahead and play this. And t- I want to hear from what you guys, from what you guys think after you hear this. But let's go ahead and play the clip. 
What would you say to someone that says Stanley Johnson is a bust? I would say to the Pistons, I think I could have been better. I truly believe that. A bust? I don't know, right? Like, I'm sorry that you guys traded me for a player who never played. Bust means you didn't try. Bust means, like, you didn't do shit. A bust is quitting to me. Um, was I a bust, meaning did I do my expectation for the Pistons? Hell no. And I'm, I'm not okay with that, meaning, like, you know, I, I want to ch- fix that too. But I did my best. Like, I, I tried, you know what I'm saying? And to say, like, yeah, a bust is not trying. Like, understand, like, my first year, I didn't have to show up my first year. I didn't have to be at the first training camp. My mom died 15 days before that training camp started. I didn't have to be there at all. Let's be honest. So, like, I gave my heart and soul and tried my best. Yes, I was dumb. Yes, I made mistakes. But a bus, you call me a bus, then you have a long line of bus. All right. So, that was that was Stanley Johnson. Let me take these headphones off now. And, yes, those are my Xbox headphones. Don't say nothing. Um, that was Stanley Johnson speaking about whether he's a bust or not for the Detroit Pistons. Um First off, I guess I should just answer the question right out the gate before I talk about what he said. Is Stanley Johnson a bust? Yes. Like, Stanley, look, those of you guys who have followed me for a long time, you guys know Stanley Johnson was my, like, favorite player in high school. Like, I, I remember being, like, a, what was it, a junior in high school when the Pistons drafted him. And his interview on draft night when he talked about, hey, Detroit, we back, Detroit versus everybody, like, all that stuff, I was hype. His rookie season, I, he showed so much. In the playoffs against LeBron, played actually really well in the playoff series. He shot really well from the floor too. Um, against LeBron, the series I went at LeBron. Like every, it wasn't just me either. Everybody in Detroit thought this dude was going to be the next. Like he was going to be like this, like the next dude. Everyone loved Stanley, and then things just went went downhill. I, I believe it started with the back injury that he had his before his second season or beginning of the second season. He wasn't that crazy of a select player. But after that back injury, he literally lost all of his athleticism. He couldn't jump at all after that. I think that's what really doomed him. I don't know if the shot would have ever came around, but I think the back injury doomed him instantly because he was if he wasn't going to be athletic at all, it was over with. Like, it was just dead. And, again, before, it wasn't like he was some crazy athlete, but there are dunks where he's, he's going baseline, reverse dunking it off the dribble. He's catching alley-oops, driving to the rim, off two, dunking it. Like, he was doing that during his rookie season. Then after that, it just didn't happen anymore because he couldn't get up off the ground, especially through contact after the back injury. It literally looked like he had a negative vertical. Like, it was – the back injury really messed him up. I'll go down saying that forever. Again, I don't know if the shot wave ever came around, but the back injury doomed any possible chance he had of living up to anything with the Pistons. That said, yes, he's a bust. Like, I, I, I understand why players obviously hate the word bust. And I don't like using the word bust. You don't hear me on here calling anybody a bust. But if this is a question – Yes, like I, I, Stanley was my favorite player as younger as a younger person. <laughs> I say that as I'm 25. I'm not old, but like, yes, Stanley was a bust. It is what it is. Like I, I, I get what he's saying though. I do get what he's saying. I saw some Pistons fans saying like, "Oh, this proves why Stanley didn't work out. This proves that he just doesn't have it. You know, he he just doesn't have it. He doesn't understand. He doesn't have the mental. He didn't like. He doesn't get it. Like blah 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 blah." I don't see how in living hell you could have got that from this interview. I, I thought this answer was great. Like, yes, he acknowledged that he didn't live up to expectations with the Pistons. He did not. He didn't do it. He hates that. I'm sure all Pistons fans hate that too. He acknowledges that he didn't live up to his expectations. He made mistakes. He was young. He dealt with some things. His mom passing away obviously played a, played, uh, played a role on him. 
um, as soon as NBA career started. But he didn't make excuses during that. Now, I'm sure some Pistons fans didn't like the fact that he said, it's not my fault you traded me for a player who didn't play. He's talking about Don Maker. Um, <laughs> I had one, one of my friends, one of my friends, when he heard that, he, he, he told me we were on Xbox. He was like, man, I don't know what the f- he's talking about. Like, <laughs> he's talking about we traded you for someone who didn't play. Dude, you don't play. Like, you're not in the league either. So what does that say? So, like, I, I get some fans probably didn't like that. But he said, look, I didn't live up to expectations. I, 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 I wish I could have, I, but I tried. I gave it my all. And I think you can respect that. Like, a lot of fans, I feel like, maybe get too crazy about this and start saying things that are maybe a little out of pocket. Like, yes, yeah, Stanley didn't work out. He didn't end up being that good. But was it because he wasn't trying? Was it from him not caring? No. Stanley tried. Like, these guys, a lot of these dudes who end up busting out, some of them, yes, it's because they don't care, and they, they, they just wanted the money, all that stuff. Stanley tried. Stanley worked. Like, he changed his jumper, I believe, like twice to try to get his jumper around. Like, these dudes, a lot of these dudes try, and sometimes it just doesn't work out. It's not from them not caring. It's not from a lack of trying and lack of effort. It just doesn't work out. They just don't. Things happen. So I love this answer from him. I, yes, I, do I believe he's a bust? Sadly, yeah. He's a bust, sadly. But I don't believe it was from a lack of effort. I don't believe it was from a lack of trying. I think I think the back injury really messed him up bad. And the shot just never came around. He, he could never get the shot to be consistent. So I, I think those were the two things that did him in. I think if the back injury doesn't happen, maybe things are different for him. I, I truly believe that. Maybe he never becomes a sharpshooter. But I think he, he becomes he, he's a much better driver. I think he, he's able to do a lot more things. Um, on the floor, but yeah, sadly, Stanley, I, look, I was your biggest fan, but sadly you're a bust. I, I like, I, I, in, in this, in the terms we're talking here. Yeah, I guess you are. I don't like using the word at all either, but if we're going to use the word, yeah, but I will defend you that I, I, you did try and I don't get why fans don't like this answer from him. You got to let it go. He didn't work out, but it wasn't because he didn't try, didn't care about the team or didn't care about the city or didn't care about being a good player. He tried, he gave it all, his all, it just didn't work out. He just it, Sometimes it happens like that, so is what it is. Let me know what you guys think about what he said, um, and do you guys consider Stanley Johnson a bust, and do you like using the word bust? Let me know in the comment section down below, or over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Peace out.